This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. This is a special episode dedicated to the industry of toys. I spent a couple of days at the Astra Marketplace and Academy, and Astra is an association for independent toy retailers, and they had a giant trade show with a lot of booths of toy manufacturers and distributors who distribute those amazing products that you see when you go to that independent local toy store in your community. And this is one of several years that I've been involved with Astra as the master of ceremonies and a speaker at their conference. And I got to tell you, toy people are fun people. But in addition to that, they also know a lot about how to be successful in business. And all of you know that retail got hit really hard during the pandemic, and yet many of these retailers have thrived and excelled. And so I thought it would be fun to ask the retailers and the people who supply them some stories about the toy industry and what makes it so amazing, and then some tips that other people can learn from the people who sell toys. So you're really going to enjoy this episode. Now, this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. And you know it, and I know it, that many of you out there think, huh, if Tom can do this, I should have a podcast. Well, if you want to start a podcast, you need a great partner. And I think you should check out Podfly Productions. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And please listen to this show and learn from the members of Astra. Hi, Damien Crocker, Director of Sales at Latoy Van USA. What is Latoy Van USA? Latoy Van is a heirloom quality wooden toy company uh, based in the UK, a 25-year-old company that actually was founded uh, by the original founder making dollhouses by hand for his friends and family, and it just turned into this incredible, beautiful line of wooden toys. So how long have you worked in the toy industry? For about 15 years. Have you been with Latoy Van the whole time? Uh, I'm actually brand new with Latoy Van. I started here in February. So what do you love about working in the toy industry? It's funny, the toy industry is hard to leave once you're in. Um, for me, it's the people. Uh, it, I started in this industry when I was 23 years old. Um, so for me, I, I kind of grew up here. And I'm surrounded every time I come to a show by essentially family. And the toy industry is such a small place. Once you've been to two or three shows, you really get to know everybody. And it's just like a reunion every time. So what I've noticed from being at this, this particular show is that there's a lot of creativity and a lot of innovation in the toy industry. So what is it that other businesses can learn from the toy business about creativity and innovation? 
It's actually really interesting coming out of COVID that we uh, we saw our specialty retailers in the toy business become stronger than they've ever been before, specifically through innov- innovation and creativity. Um, people who had never, I mean, I don't want to say never heard of the internet, but essentially never heard of the internet have websites and are, you know, selling on Facebook and doing, you know, comment sold selling. We really have this ability to persevere through all kinds of disruptive changes in the marketplace. You know, once upon a time, catalogs were the thing that was going to put everybody out of business and, you know, everybody persevered and tons of great uh, specialty independent catalogs have come out. You know, the next thing was Amazon. Um, Now our specialty retailers are as online savvy as everybody else. And then, you know, COVID hits and everybody goes, what are we going to do? And now all of a sudden, I mean, we're in a place today where the community is more invested in their local toy store than I've ever seen at any point in my career. So, yeah, it's, it's been really amazing to see. Another thing I've noticed about your industry is the manufacturers and the distributors are extremely close with all the retailers. It's almost a it's not a vendor buyer situation. It's almost a family thing. Why do you think that is? The fundamental principle, I think, is toys. We're all here for the same reason. We we love to see kids play. You know, it's at the end of the day, if you can't have fun in this business, then you can't have fun anywhere. So Le Toy Van is also one of the major sponsors of this event. Why do you sponsor your industry trade show? Astra has been, in at least in my career, the single most important toy show in the specialty space. Um, I've been intimately involved in the organization through committee work, uh, sponsorships in previous companies. I've been on the board of directors. And Astra just does an incredible job at bringing everybody together. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Hi, this is Susie Reininger of Leaping Lizards Toys in Bend, Oregon. Hey, what is it like to run a toy store? Oh, man, it's the most amazing thing in the world. I get up every day so excited to go to work, engage with my staff and my amazing customers. So not everybody in business wakes up every day excited to go to work. What is it about having a toy store that's so exciting? Well, just when I walk in, I say hello to all of my toys, and I'm just so eager to open the door and let those lovely kids, grandparents, parents in through the doors so we can start engaging and playing. So what do you think all businesses could learn from people in the toy industry? Just to have fun, to communicate, to engage, to to be kind to each other, and just be excited about what you're doing, no matter what it is. How did you get through the pandemic being in retail? Oh my gosh, lots of tough work, loyal customers, um, being creative, and just again, waking up every day excited to go and do my job. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Tom, it was a pleasure. Hi, I'm Crazy Aaron, inventor of Crazy Aaron's Thinking Putty and Land of Dough products. You know, the general business community could learn from the toy industry. And the thing I think that's most important is that attention spans are short. You can introduce a product, it can be a huge hit, and then that wave goes away and you think it's gone forever, but it's not. Old things can be new again. And new products are treated as completely new because attention spans are so distracted by everything in our lives today. So give it five or ten years and dust off that old idea, put a new skin on it, and it can be new again. 
Have you done that with Crazy Aaron's Thinking Putty? Well, I didn't invent putty, but putty was ripe for a reboot in the late 90s, and I have been working my tail off to keep it relevant for the past 25 years. How big is your company now? We are proud to say we have over 110 employees manufacturing our product here in the United States. And what is the greatest thing to you about being part of the toy industry? The toy industry is fun. The toy industry is about innovation. And the toy industry, everything is possible. There are no rules. If you can imagine it, you can create it. So, Aaron, thinking back to the general business public, because most people who listen to this show aren't in the toy industry. So... Having 110 employees when you started just making putty in your house, what's the biggest growth thing of growing to over 100 employees that you experienced over the years? The biggest thing that surprised me was the need for capital and the need to figure out how to fund the business so that it could grow. Because it's great. I'm selling it and I know I'm making a profit, but I don't get that money for 30, 60, or 90 days. I've got risks. There are mistakes. Things get ended up in the trash. And it goes on and on in terms of how do you figure out how to have enough cash to make payroll this week and keep the business moving. So I heard a rumor that in your company of 100 people, there are four people named Aaron. This is true. So it's Crazy Aaron and not Crazy Aaron, not Crazy Aaron, and not Crazy Aaron? That's right. And all of those names are spelled differently, but pronounced exactly the same. It works better over email than on voice. Hey, it's been fun talking to you again. Thanks so much, Tom. I am standing here with Amy and Joel Binder, and you guys have a toy store, right? We do. What is the name of your store and where is it? We are the Benders, and our store is called Mind Benders, and we're in Whiting, Indiana, which is uh, about 20 minutes outside of Chicago. So, how long have you had your toy store? Six years, come August. And what got you into this business? I just like to have fun. We were the game people, we brought the games to the party, and now we are supplying the games for the party. So, what is great about working in the toy and games and puzzles industry? Oh, gosh, we get to play with everything um, so we can act like big kids. And then sometimes we have to adult, but mostly we just act like big kids. So in six years in business, what has been some of the, the trials and tribulations? And of course, six years in business, two of those was the pandemic. Yeah, oh, yeah. The pandemic hit us a little bit hard. Um, we lived, we learned, we learned new ways to sell, sold through our window, sold over the phone. Um, but it's been a, a rewarding experience to see the smiles that we put on people's faces. So what do you think other businesses, other industries can learn from the toy industry? Um, there's a lot to learn from the toy industry. It's how you treat people. Treat people, everybody that walks in your store, treat them like they're, they're your customers. Whether they buy or not, you can always put a smile on their face. And that will guarantee, almost guarantee that they're going to come back to your store and shop. And Amy, what do you think? What can other businesses learn? I'm going to follow what Joel says. You help people make memories and give them a good experience. And they're going to remember that for years to come. So what's the future for Mindbenders? We are actually bought a building, so we are going to be expanding and tripling our size, tripling the fun, and making more people happy. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Marina Kadekel. I am the founder of Hugamals. So tell me about your product. Hugamals are a new line of high-quality weighted stuffed animals to help with calm, sleep, and focus, and they are for kids, teens, and adults. So how did you get into being an inventor of a toy? Um, I got into it because I couldn't find what I was looking for. I'm actually a health and wellness journalist. I've worked in magazines in New York for many years. I worked at places like Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Women's Health, 
and I was a health and wellness journalist. And at one point, my own anxiety and insomnia got the best of me. And this is kind of embarrassing, but there was a time when I couldn't fall asleep without the weight of my partner's arm across me, which was great for me, but not sustainable for him. So he was basically like, please find another way. Um, and I had a weighted blanket, but it was too hot and too hard to travel with. And I started researching other weighted modalities and talking to experts. And I saw other weighted plush, but they weren't what I wanted. They weren't weighted throughout. They weren't beautiful. And they weren't washable. And so I did a ton of research, talking to therapists, pediatricians, occupational therapists, to perfect the weight, perfect the facial expression. We wanted them to be emotionally supportive no matter what you're feeling. So they don't have a smile like so many other stuffed animals do. Because sometimes you don't feel like smiling. Um, and they're washable. They have a patent pending, removable, weighted inner body. So you can take that out and machine wash the outer plush. But basically, it's a therapeutic object. And it feels like it's hugging you back. So, you know, it's really for anyone. It's for kids, it's for teens, and I know a lot of adults who Netflix and, you know, watch Netflix and chill with this on their lap just to relax them after a long day. So starting this business, what's the biggest thing you've learned? Oh, man. Um, research the industry. I am not a toy person. I basically snuck into Toy Fair two years in a row as a journalist. So I've been on the other side of these conventions, and I this is my first time with a booth, with a product. So I've actually learned a lot because I was basically a spy for a little while. Um, I got to know what people were putting out, what drove them, what retailers were looking for. And actually I was surprised the first couple years I went to Toy Fair, I was looking for toys that helped with emotional support and everything was just about steam and stem. And I was just shocked that there wasn't another high quality weighted plush out there. So I just couldn't take it anymore and I decided to try to do it myself. So what is the future for Huggamals. Huggamals are launching here, and we we're getting a ton of interest. Uh, they actually had a really amazing pre-launch pilot program at children's hospitals around the country. So we know the efficacy. We've gotten amazing results and reorders from those hospitals because they really help the kids who need hugs most um, feel more comforted and calm. So we're launching a press campaign and an influencer campaign. I have some connections from my years in the media industry. Um, and we might be featured in Selena Gomez's mental health newsletter, which is news I got today, which is super exciting. But just seeing the retailers here today and the array of them, a hospital gift store wrote an order, gift stores in Alaska wrote an order. Like I'm just excited to meet all of these people and to be able to help people at a time when everyone could use a hug. Well, Marina, welcome to the toy industry, and thank you so much for joining us on Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you for having me, Tom. Hey, I'm Bryce Elvington. I'm a toy store owner from Florence, South Carolina. What's the name of your toy store? Toy Shop Florence. Nice. Toy Shop Florence. How did you get into the business? It's funny. So out of school, I was a chemical engineer. Um, I actually went to a lot of trade shows. We, we did contract work for other companies. And usually during breaks at the trade shows, I'd walk around for 10 minutes and maybe one out of every 20 booths would interest me to stop in. And during that time, my parents owned a toy store and I went with my mom to a toy fair and I literally wanted to stop at every booth and play with everything in it and started thinking maybe I'm in the wrong business. And even when I would go to work as an engineer, I would spend half the time thinking of what my parents could do at their toy store and fast forward years later, um, my wife and I both quit our jobs and started a business. And 
we were about to have twins. My sister was pregnant with her first child, and I could kind of see my mom's face. She was ready to be a full-time grandmother. Mike closed the store, and my wife and I said, well, I said, well, maybe we should buy that. It'd be a fun hobby. Turned out to be another full-time job, but it's been worth every bit of it. So what is so great about the business of toys? Well, it's... I mean, really, it's our future. It's um, my kids go to Montessori, and and the the slogan there is um, "Play is the work of the child." And I mean, really, you can extend that to "Play is the work of any age." Um, when you're having fun, you don't realize you're working. I mean, I, I feel like whether it's in sports, whether it's in work, you achieve your maximum potential, your productivity when you're just having fun and enjoying it not stressing out about all the little things. So we get to do that every day in the toy industry. Um, even your worst day is better than your best day not doing what you love. One thing I've noticed at this show is that the retailers and the vendors who sell the toys and the distributors, it's like a family. Why, why is that? It really is. I think, I mean, I was guilty as anybody at first. You, you think it's kind of a zero-sum game where... For me to benefit, or for me to benefit, someone else might have to sacrifice a little. But um, I think when you realize we're all in this together, that um, there's not just a like one size pie. We all work together. We can grow the pie um, to a bigger pie that we can all enjoy a bigger share of. And and I think most people here think that way. And we realize. Um, I mean, the more you help others, it'll come back to you. It might not be directly from that same person, but I mean, I tell my staff, um, our team, my family, it's all about planting seeds. You don't know which seeds will will take root or which ones will grow. Um, you may never even get to see it, but um, but just the more you plant, I mean, the better the better it's going to be for all of us. Now, the retail business got hit hard during COVID. So, what were some things that toy stores had to do to get creative? So for us, it was really, we had to do the things, I think all along we knew we needed to be doing, but we were just either too lazy or too busy to do it. But I mean, when COVID hit, our backs were against the wall and I mean, you had to survive. So we started doing all those things and I think really we'll all come out better from this because we did the things we should have done already. Um, we got to know our customers better. We got to see what we were made of, what we could handle. Um, and I think we're all stronger from it. Um, I know we're doing so much better now than before COVID. And, and I hate to ever say that was a blessing in disguise, but I think one day we'll look back and say that that, um, that made us all stronger. So what can other industries learn from toy stores and toy manufacturers? I think you said it earlier. It's just that, that community, that family atmosphere, like you don't see anyone else as a com competitor. You, you see us, see them as an ally. You see them as somebody that, you know, if I share information with them and they share information with me, we can all learn together. Um, last year I said one thing that, that we've learned is in order to succeed, you have to be willing to fail. And I share my failures, my successes with everybody because if if we do share that with each other, um, you still have to fail, but you can fail less and succeed more by sharing your failures with others. Hey, Bryce, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Hi, I'm TJ Simmons. I'm the VP of sales for Thin Air Brands. What is Thin Air Brands? 
Uh, Thin Air Brands is a specialty manufacturer uh, with a ton of different products from uh, everything from RC cars to outdoor products to STEM products, and we sell to the specialty market. So how long have you been in the toy industry? I've been in the toy industry since I was 14 years old. That's pretty young. How did you get into this industry? I, I walked into a mom and pop shop when I was 14 and started playing with an RC car when I was hired and realized that I only ever wanted to play with toys as a career ever again. And so I ended up going to college, getting a small business management entrepreneurship degree, uh, meeting a lifelong mentor of mine that really helped me see everything that you could do in the toy industry. So what is so great about this industry? Why do you love it so much? Yeah, it's just a community of fantastic people. You know, we all sell toys and nobody takes their jobs too seriously and we're having fun and our success depends on everybody else's success. And I think that that's a big key to this industry is in order for everyone else to succeed, we need to succeed. And so you want everyone around you to do as well as you're doing. So what can other industries learn from the business of toys? Yeah, I think just that, that I, I think that doesn't just extend to the toy industry, that everyone can learn how to how to work together so that we can succeed together. And I think that that's a big piece of what other industries could learn. So you are really involved with Astra, and I'm a big fan for any industry that people should be involved with their trade organization, that supporting the nonprofits that support an industry is really important. Why do you agree with that? Uh, for that exact same reason, uh, because we all succeed together. And I, I started volunteering for Astra uh, when I was 20 years old and just doing some work on different committees. Uh, I'm on the board now, and, and you really see the impact you can make. And I look back to, you know, this industry has given me everything. I, I have only ever sold toys. And, you know, I think about my son and my family, and I go, it, it's time for me to give back, and it's time for me to serve the community that's given me everything I have. So it's interesting because you've served on committees, you serve on the board. I talk to a lot of people in a lot of industries who are like, yeah, I, I don't need to serve. Why are you called so much besides just the fact it's given you so much? Why do you think your business benefits from you being this active? Yeah, I mean, there's a level of exposure to it, right? It's, it's an exposure that you can't get in any other way. People see that you're giving back and they want to be a part of that. And so they want to be a part of giving back and then understand who you are and then you're able to give you know your your business and to them and and help them succeed with what you have and it it just it's a win-win win situation doing that thanks a lot for being on the show yes of course thank you for having me hi my name's gwen ottenberg and i own imagine that toys in wichita kansas nice gwen how did you get into the toy business I didn't want a corporate job. I wanted to be able to play for a living, and that's what I'm doing. How long ago did you start your store? Uh, 17 years. So I've been playing a while. So what is so great about this industry? Everybody here at Astra just loves the toy business. You know, it's the most incredible place. Everybody's happy, and it doesn't matter how you walk into my store. You leave happy because you had a great time doing whatever you were doing. So what can other industries learn from the toy business? Look into somebody's eyes. They speak so much with their eyes. When you can make a child light up and say, I found this toy, or my favorite is the week after Christmas when Santa Claus has delivered the most amazing things and they come in and tell me about it. And I'm like, oh, that's incredible. I can't believe Santa Claus knew that you liked 
whatever the blank is, and you had such a great time. That's an incredibly magical moment. So we're coming out of the pandemic, and I know retail got hit really hard. So what were some lessons that you learned being a retailer? It was the most interesting time we've ever had. But the nice thing is, you do what's right by your customers, and your customers do what's right by you. Treat others the way you want to be treated, and you can still be successful. So you've been really involved with Astra. And in a lot of industries, people kind of roll their eyes at their trade association. I'm a big fan. I think everybody should join whatever their trade association is because we do better when there's community and collaboration. Why have you found being involved with the association in your industry has helped you? Um, Astra's opened doors for me. I actually joined two years before I even opened my own store because I wanted that valuable insight and information that you only get when you're inside the trade organization. I wanted to know who to look at, who to avoid, what were the best practices, and learning that even before I opened my store was incredible. So any last advice for the general business world who might be listening to this podcast? Take your time and have a little more fun. Life's way too short, play a little bit more, and you learn a lot about somebody over a card game or a board game that you would never learn another way. Hey Gwen, thanks for being here. Thank you. I am Mark Harson with uh, Fappering Toys. We're a, a toy manufacturer and a retailer based out of Omaha, Nebraska. So tell me a little bit about Fat Brain Toys. Yeah, so we're really kind of a hybrid toy company where, um, you know, we have a lot of uh, big uh, direct-to-consumer business. So we're interacting directly with, with our uh, end consumers, but we also uh, manufacture and design our own line of toys as well. So we're kind of seeing uh, the industry from, from uh, two sides. Wow, that's kind of unique in the business. There's a lot of people who manufacture and there's a lot of retailers. How did you get into be doing both? <laughs> Um, one step at a time. I mean, we were really a retailer first, and then um, we uh, naively, uh, you know, thought we could get into the manufacturing side of it. And uh, we, uh, you know, over the years, kind of clawed our way in there. And uh, it, it's it's really a uh, you know fast growing part of our business today. How long ago did you start Fat Brain, and then how long after that did you start the manufacturing side? Yeah, so uh, we'll be uh, we're going on 20 years uh, this fall, so uh, that's that's kind of a, a big uh, a, you know big moment for us. Um, it took us about uh, six years before we kind of started developing our own products. So what's so great about the toy business? <laughs> I don't know. I think you know for for me when uh, one of the unique things about the toy industry is that it. it I don't know, for me, it's like the, the American dream. So, I mean, every year I go to a different show and, and you'll see, you know, just a guy that they're for the first time with one product and, and a dream. And um, it's always kind of gratifying to see him the, there the second year and then to see him 10 years later um, kind of doing what we're doing. So retail got hit really hard during the pandemic. What are some lessons you learned? Oh boy, um, you know, really just that, uh, you know, I think the, the eternal message of being, uh, being willing to change and adapt and, and um, that's, that's really, I think, the secret sauce. So what lessons can other industries learn from toy people? Oh, I think uh, toy people do a good job of not taking themselves too seriously and, uh, you know, kind of reminding themselves, uh, you know, we're, we're here to uh, bring, you know, uh, joy to kids. And I think uh, a lot of industries, you know, whether they're, you know, directly in that business or not, they, they should, they could take a lessons from that. Nice. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you. Hey, I'm Matt Paulson. I own a toy store in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. What is the name of your toy store? The name of the toy store is Ruckus and Glee. 
Ruckus and Glee. That is like a phenomenal name for a toy store. How did you come up with that name? Um, my wife is an attorney, and we were trying to find the most ridiculous name for a law firm. So, uh, Ruckus and Glee LLC is what we are officially. So, um, those two words, Ruckus and Glee, also mean play. So, our, our name, as funny as it sounds, are other words for play. So, how did you get into the toy business? Your, your wife's a lawyer. You could have started a law firm. Um, I was a stay-at-home dad for about five years, and when I was done being a stay-at-home dad, I wasn't going to go back to the career I was in originally. Uh, I had taken an entrepreneurial class in graduate school, and uh, my wife and I, on long trips, used to like talk about businesses we'd like to start. So we would come up with all sorts of different food businesses and bar businesses. I was in the service industry for a while. Um, I have an arts background, so lots of waiting jobs and bartending jobs. Anyway, we set up on a toy store because... We had a, a kid, and that kid needed awesome toys. And, and both of her grandparents are educators and always would got, get these awesome toys that were not at Target or Walmart. And um, we realized our community also didn't have a toy store. And we, it was a very uh, walkable community, a lot of you know, shops for, for parents to take their kids on Saturday mornings. But you can only go to the donut place or, or you know, the bakery so many times without going, well, where do we go next? So we thought, a toy store. Um, and it really worked for our community. The community turned out, um, Wabatosa has a history, basically, of really supporting local businesses. So um, we have that in our, in our, on our side. And the, commu- the, the community also, the population is changing. Uh, a lot of the older folks are retiring and moving out of the houses. A lot of the hipper, young millennials were, were moving in and having kids. They wanted a place that was still near Milwaukee, uh, but um, a great place to raise their children. So. so what's great about this world of toys? I mean, what other job service job or, or uh, you know, customer service job, where you walk in, you know you're going to make someone happy. I mean, a kid is going to come in and smile and be happy. I worked in bars and restaurants. Most of the time, there's going to be at least one or two people that night that are going to be very unhappy or very obnoxious or whatever. That never really happens in a toy store where the kids get out of hand and I have to call the cops or anything like that, you know? Um, so yeah, your, your clientele is, wants to be there and wants to be happy and it's your job to make sure that that happens. And what a great job to have. So what lessons can other industries learn from toy people? Um, I think because a lot of the, the, the toy stores the retailers that are here are smaller retor- uh, retailers, and they know the they have to compete with the Targets and the WalMarts and the Amazons of the world. That the one thing that we do better than any of these other uh, those outlets is we have to be, have great commu- uh, customer service. I mean, it, it it really starts with there, and we can do that because we're a local place, and we we have to be knowledgeable about all these toys. And again, going into the idea that. You're, you're going to make someone happy just by communicating with them on a daily basis is, is what makes us successful. And I think it's hard to do on a large scale for a lot of these larger businesses. But I think, um, I think some, some CEOs of larger businesses come to a toy store and watch my staff get sales without ever seeming like they're pressuring someone into buying something that the staff with their knowledge and their love of play and their love of kids can really sell it without ever 
ever saying much that you hear in usual sales pitches or, uh, you know, when you're, when you go on a car, I, I can't think of an example, but you know, it, it uh, you could come and learn a lot from us. No. And that's actually great advice. You know, I say it every time toy people are fun people and Matt, you've proven that. And here's a little thing. I too was a stay at home dad for several years. It's awesome. It's the best job to ever have. Uh, it's the toughest job I've ever had. Um, and, but so rewarding. And now she's 14. Um, and, uh, I kind of miss sometimes those stay-at-home dad days. Yeah, mine's 25. I don't miss those days. It was the <laughs> hardest days I've, I, I ever had. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Tom. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed those little short interviews that we put together for this episode. As I said, toy people are fun people and they are smart business people. So I hope that you enjoyed that. And do me a favor. Do me a favor and come back every single week to check out more episodes of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.